Welcome back to season five of the Our View podcast. On today's show, my guest is Wayne Forrest. Wayne is from New Zealand and he is a transformational speaker with a spinal cord injury. Wayne shares his story and tells us why it is important that we learn how to suck the marrow out of life, living our life to the fullest. Let's get into this conversation. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation about disabilities. I'm happy to welcome my guest today, Wayne Forrest. Wayne is an international transformational speaker and life mastery consultant. And Wayne is joining us today from New Zealand, correct? <laughs> And yes. I am, yes, and I am so, uh, so excited and so happy to uh, have you on the uh, podcast today. Thanks for uh, joining me. Oh, thank you, um, Arthur, for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to have these conversations with uh, like-minded people like yourself. Right? And, yes. Um, so it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, yes. So can you start off uh, this conversation by sharing with us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about Wayne. <laughs> well, I'll start at, at the beginning. I grew up in, in a country town uh, or area where I was on the front of my grandfather's horse uh, on a farm and immersed myself in that. I loved it. Uh, it was my first love. I always say that farming was my first love. And um, and then one day I had to go to school and I wasn't very happy about that. Uh, <laughs> but school had sport. And um, I soon found that that was my second love. So farming and sport growing up was a big part of my culture. Uh, and there's a certain amount of ego that comes with that as well and um i i got to my 20s and i traveled around the world and i happened to have got married had a couple of lovely twin daughters uh that were only about 16 months and i happened to be uh, uh captain of my rugby team and on this lovely Saturday, and right in the last nine minutes of the game, I made a shocking mistake, um, which put me in a position uh, that uh, put me in danger. And I ended up rolling over onto my neck uh, with quite a lot of uh, weight behind me and uh, dislocated my uh, C. Uh, four or five and um uh i couldn't breathe i can remember that you know it was just like oh and i could quite easily swear <laughs> um, i was conscious and um terrible pain in the back of my neck uh felt like a hot poker and um someone was moving that hot poker in my spinal cord and I couldn't breathe uh, because everything, all my muscles had paralyzed uh, and um, yelling out, help, help, but no one could hear me. And 
that was because my voice was barely a whisper. And um, I ended up about an hour on that field and, and um, uh, for the waiting for the rescue helicopter and the doctor to come and um, they gave me some medicine and I passed out and uh, kind of woke up properly about uh, five days later and wow. um, and mm, from that moment my life had totally changed from this very you know outdoors physical farming hands-on um, I had two businesses uh, at the time of my accident um, one running a farm and the other one was uh, shearing sheep um, I don't know if you've ever come across that, but we cut the wool off the sheep. Uh, it's a day's work at shearing sheep. It was like, you know, three, the equivalent of three marathons uh, in a day. You know, it's very physical. It's, it's a lot of energy. Uh, and that was all gone. And um, I had to reinvent myself. Uh, so... From there, I, I you know, um, knew I wanted to go back to my farm, which was quite isolated. And um, so uh, that was my goal. And I started to move in that direction of that goal and um, went from there. Wow. That's, um, I, I love... Um... I love that you enjoy farming. That is like at such a young age. I think that's so cool. <laughs> and I think that's, um, you know, it's, it's part of, you know, what your, you know, what your family did. And, and it's like, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's what we do. Like we, we tend to uh, fall in love with the things that our family, uh, you know, family members like, and uh, you know, that was your um, way of life. And I find it, I've never done it, but I've, um, find it so fascinating the uh shearing of sheep <laughs> such a cool yeah. such a cool it, thing. It's, it's art you know it's like a dance mm -hmm. it, it is you know there's certain moves foot moves and hand movements that it's, it's a real uh beautiful movement of art um like dance uh if you watch someone that is very good at it uh, so it is, it's very addictive. As you can tell, I still love it, you know, yeah. I still love, and this, my accident was now 26 years ago. So there's a lot of things that have happened since that, and no doubt we'll talk about that, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful art form if you see it done properly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so you you shared about your uh, your accident and uh, dislocating. You said your C four C five. Can you just share with um, with everyone what that means? Um, you know how it impacts your life, and and um, can you share about um, your mobility and and uh, things things like that? You know, right at the beginning, Arthur, I couldn't move anything. You know, like I woke up and I couldn't even, my left arm wouldn't even work. And, and uh, 
I'm not sure if this is videoed, but my left arm works quite well now. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a process of, um, of having to do a lot of rehabilitation uh, from not being able to work my legs or my hands or my arms. Uh, and um, that was quite a shock to start with. And it was hard work because uh, I lost everything, all muscle tone uh, and had to slowly build what I could up. And um, I was very lucky that I didn't sever my spinal cord, I squashed it. So I did get some movement back uh, through rehabilitation. And uh, there's always a hope that um, I'll, I have over the 26 years got just a little bit better and better and better. Um, but it pretty much means that I'm sitting in a wheelchair. Um, I do not have any uh, great movement in my fingers. Um, and um, I can't move my legs. Uh, and so initially they said I'd be in an electric wheelchair for the rest of my life. Um, I was quite determined at that point that no, I was going to push out of this hospital uh, in a manual chair uh, because I was an active person and I wanted to move. Um, and um, it's amazing what you focus on. It, it, it comes to, to light. And um, so I did push out of that hospital uh, in a manual wheelchair. Uh, and I've been pushing around in a manual wheelchair ever since. Sometimes very, uh, I look like, a, a, you know, I'm not the fastest and I'm not the strongest, <laughs> but I'm moving and I like to move uh, even at 52 or nearly 52 years of age. I, I still think I am young and, and moving. Um, so <laughs> I work what I've got which isn't a lot, um, but I work it and, and I keep moving. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I think it's really true what you said, like it's all about your mindset. And um, <clears throat> I've shared on my podcast before and I've sh I shared with you uh, before we started recording how I, I didn't know at the time, but the doctors had told my parents not to expect me to live past the age of 15. And you know, I, I guess it was just, you know, uh, that, um, you know, my parents knowing that, I think they really made sure that if that was going to be the case, then I would, you know, get to do and, and you know, like you said, move as much as possible. So it's, my leg muscles are weak. I can walk with leg braces and I use crutches, um, but I also use a manual wheelchair and it was one of those things where when I got the manual wheelchair, it was suggested to get an electric wheelchair. My dad was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, that's not happening. You can move your arms and you will use a manual wheelchair and get that movement. So, you know, and, and I remember that I remember him saying that cause I was like, Oh, cool. An electric wheelchair. He was like, yeah, okay. Like nice try. It's not happening. <laughs> You can move, you can move your arms. So you're going to keep using your arms and moving your arms in a manual wheelchair. That's it. That's all there is to it. 
And, you know, so that's what I've been using ever since. And I'm 40 years old now and I still use a manual wheelchair. And it's um, it's it's really interesting because I uh, to get into my apartment, I have five steps I have to walk up and people are just like, oh, my gosh, like that has to be, you know, so tough for you. And I said, well, it keeps me moving and it keeps what little bit of mobility I have. It keeps it, you know, active and, and it helps with. Uh, strengthening those, you know, those muscles that I have to walk up the steps. Now I'm not going up and down the steps 15 times a day. Like when I go out, I go out once a day, I get everything done. Then I come back up the steps and I'm in the house. (laughs) Unless if I absolutely have to go out a second or third time, which is hardly ever, Um, you know, so it it really is um, having that motivation. So I, I love that you shared uh you know what what they had told you about the using the electric wheelchair and you're like no that's not you know it's not what i'm going to do and you although you said you're not the fastest it's like you're still you're doing it so you're accomplishing that and that is a really big uh really big thing really really cool yeah and Arthur, you know i went <laughs> one of my first goals after my accident was to go back to the farm like i said and uh I was isolated. It was on a dirt road. Uh, you couldn't get any more isolated than New Zealand, really. And um, but I went back, and I ended up after a few years running that farm again. And this is how parents have a big influence in our life too. You know, my father used to come up quite a lot. There was eleven hundred acres to run, uh, and he would come up and have a cup of coffee with me before we started or whatever. And I would have my jobs and and I was running the farm. And um, one morning it was just about snowing. And, you know, if anyone knows anything about tetraplegics, we have no thermostat with heat and heat and cold right so quite dangerous really you know hypothermia can sit in all those kind of things so it's bloody cold outside (laughs) and he goes up it comes up and he says why haven't you moved that mob of sheep yet and you know it's just like he didn't treat me any differently it was like come on you've got a job to do how come you haven't gone and done it (laughs) (laughs) and and I think I think that that kind of attitude, you know, sets a precedent in us. And your your dad did the same to you with mm-hmm. with the manual wheelchair. No, but you've got arms, you're gonna bloody use them. So right. get out there in that chair and use it and use those legs when you have to get up steps and stuff. And um at at the time, I thought you rude old beep 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 beep, right? <laughs> we won't, won't. But I look back on that moment, and I think you know that's what's given me so much drive. You know, is is that upbringing, that understanding of of yes, I've got a disability, but I can achieve anything because. Um, my parents expect me to to achieve what I can, and um, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, and having that support 
Um, although at, at times it doesn't seem like support, like you said, you're ready to, you know, <laughs> how dare you talk to me like that. <laughs> but as time goes on, I can, you know, I can look back and say like, okay, like, yeah, they were pushing me to be the independent person now that, you know, lives in my own apartment. Uh, you know, because without that, uh, without those push that them pushing me, it, uh, you know, it, it could have gone a lot differently. And, um, you know, not, not having uh, that support, I think, is, uh, you know, could, could have been, uh, could have led to a very different life for me now at, uh, at 40 years old. So I, it's funny to hear you say that you had the same kind of, uh, kind of pushing from, from your father, too. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I call it cutting the apron strings, you know? Mums yes. like to to mother us right uh -huh. and 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 you know you get to a teenager well i was 20 something when i had my accident so it was a little bit different for me but i have watched other young people grow up with a disability and you know mum doesn't want to let them go uh -huh. and and um you know wants to still protect them and 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 do stuff for them and then old dad comes along and says no cut that apron string and 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 get out there and live and learn to be independent and um, it's so important when we have a disability that that we learn to be you know that independence as you said um, and and live into the possibility uh, before we started this we were talking about that you know mm -hmm. instead of the disability live into the possibility of the potential that you've got everyone's got a certain amount of potential live into it or explore it or push uh the possibility and look for it you know right yeah i um i, I think that's a really good um segue which is uh into uh the next topic of your uh ted tedx talk that you did with um it's how struggle helps us grow is that the name of it yep perfect it's just it, it was great i'll make sure that i post uh you know the link to it down in the uh show notes and everything here but um i, I think that's a really it's a great title because a lot of times we everybody has a struggle you know we have all kinds of things that face us whether we have a disability diagnosis or not um and it's just what can we do with that struggle to help us become better people and also help the people around us become better people and how can we help others um you know who may be facing struggles and uh how they can uh get through them and um you know so i, I really really appreciate it that uh that that ted talk that was really uh really cool to listen to and uh you know, gave me some kind of, uh, I guess, insight and uh, a lot of encouragement for myself even to say like, okay, like we can, you know, we, we do, we have to just take a, take a breath and then say like, okay, how can I, you know, face this challenge that's coming up against me now? Um, you know, so I, I really appreciated that. Saying that, you know, that's the struggle, right? And, and, and there's, I believe in every struggle, there's there's a seed of of uh, a potential that's trying to show its head, 
and and so often it is because of the struggle that we wouldn't have seen it otherwise right it's 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 trying i believe there's an intelligence after that's breathing us right and there's no accident that you are in a wheelchair uh, with spina bifida that there's certain things that we've come to experience in this lifetime and and it has an impact if we do it right on humanity and the people around us and ourselves we grow right and it's a very uh, philosophical way of looking at, at our injury and believe me at the beginning i i i was angry sad pissed off you you name it i had all the emotions of 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 why me right and then i i started getting into the self-development and that's where the uh, life mastery and and the speaking came in is is that i started to understand that everything is energy and everything is is um growth this intelligence that breathes us whatever you like to call it you can call it god universe love there's so many names for it right Mm -hmm. and it it wants everything to grow and expand and uh including us and um we can have an amazing impact on ourselves and everyone around us if we're willing to to change the perception of poor me into wow what i'm either going to live life that like that or i'm going to live a life that is expensive the way we should Mm -hmm. and um yes I might have limitations physically, uh, but I'm going to bloody push them as far as I can go <laughs> and um, really live and suck the marrow out of life as um, there's a lovely uh, quote called Walden uh, by, um, oh, I forgot, the name escapes me, but if you look up Walden, uh, it's done by uh, an american and it's it's about sucking the life out of out of um and no sucking the marrow out of life and um i think if we take that mindset it doesn't matter what diagnosis you have you end up outliving what is expected Mm -hmm. right you don't end up living 14 years you end up living 40 years mm-hmm. plus probably another 30 mm-hmm. you know because you're sucking the life out of you know out of this experience mm-hmm. and creating an amazing uh, opportunity to grow and expand and and um, that has a big impact on ourselves and everyone around yes i um <clears throat> i shared um on an, a previous episode where a woman in my church had, um, I was, I was a teenager and I was born with my disability. And, and as you said, uh, you know, irritated, pissed off, annoyed, angry, and had the why me kind of thought, uh, you know, why me, why, why am I like this? Why do I have this, 
disability and why do I have this wheelchair and these crutches and everything else. And a woman in my church, she um, <clears throat> shared with me one day and she said, why not you? Why can't you be the one to make the changes that, you know, to, to see, show people in a different light? And, and like you said, like live life to the fullest and show people what someone with a disability can do. Why, why not you? I was like, oh, okay, okay that's a whole different way to, to look at it. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Uh, so even today now, uh, living my whole life with a disability, and, and there are still days where I'm sure you can probably say the same, where it gets frustrating and, and you get angry again and, and all of that but I can really push back to that moment and say like, okay, I'm like, there's, like you said, there's no accident that this happened to me that I was born this way. It's not an accident. It was meant to be for some reason. And, you know, I'm still living life and still trying to figure all that out. But one of my, uh, no, I can say one of my reasons, one of my purposes is to, again, raise awareness and educate about disabilities and help people see that we uh you know we live life we want to live life just like everybody else <laughs> it's just sometimes it's a little more difficult for us at times because of um inaccessibility and, and other things like that and the way that society views those who have disabilities but uh, to help educate people and to change the conversation about disabilities through having conversations like this um you know are very important and very meaningful and I love that part of you know, I, I look at, at what I've created in my 26 years. Mate, there's nothing I haven't done. Uh -huh. The only thing I think I haven't done is skydive, and I'm a little bit scared about that one. But, um, you know, <laughs> I, here, here I am at six foot three. I'm, I'm not short. Uh, and I've got no balance because, as we were talking about, as a tetraplegic, I'm, I'm a paralyzed from above my nipple line. Um, and I've done water skiing. I've done snow skiing. I've done whitewater rafting, canoeing. Um, I've got, instead of just two kids, I've got four kids. Uh, I'm, you know, married. I've um, run a farm. I have, uh, and I, I'm not, blowing my trumpet here i'm just just wanting to make people aware that that's the tip of the iceberg of what i've created in 26 mm -hmm. years if i can create it what do you want to create right you know with my level of limitations with no hands i've done all these things so don't limit yourself to your disability always look to the possibility of what could be possible you know and you mightn't see it at, at first but if you turn around and say this very powerful question which i use in my coaching what would you love what would you love in this moment and and not what can I do, what does my disability say I can do, what does my money say I can do, what does my education say I do, 
it's a totally different question. It's what would I love? And go and do it, even though it seems impossible, right? Because if you take one step towards it, it, it seemed impossible for you and I to be this healthy, you know, for you 40 years down the track and me 26 years down the track. And believe me, guys, I'm bloody healthy. I'm on no medication or very little. And yes, I use a few supplements. But at 51, I reckon I'm probably just as healthy as I would be if I was able, right? Mm -hmm. Probably more so because <laughs> I don't drink as much these days and, and do those things that, that sometimes when you grow up in that a uh, very egotistical world you overindulge like partying drinking and and those kind of things right mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> i believe i'm actually probably healthier than i was you know uh, yeah. if i was able so that this is this is where i'm trying to say is mate what would i love and you know and and just start taking little steps towards whatever that is. That's a great question. That's a really, really great question. I really, I'm gonna think about that for the rest of the day. <laughs> That's a really good question. I love that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I would like to uh, next talk about uh, kindness and unity. I think that is, um, you know, part of your, your coaching and, um, you know, I, I would love for you to uh, discuss that and how you, how you came up with those two, two words. I think those are very, um, uh, I think those are, are words that we hear a lot and, um, you know, kindness and unity, be kind to each other and, and all of those kinds of things. Um, and being kind to yourself is, I think, uh, just as, and, and more, <laughs> Uh, to start there, uh, so can you just discuss that a little bit more and what uh, what you do through through that through your group? Yeah, mate, no worries. Um, first of all, I think I need my coaching is um, I teach spiritual principles uh, and laws uh, for transformation and success. Right, so so we're coming from the spiritual. Uh, aspect of kindness and unity and for me especially unity is uh, that you and I are one we, we, we're spiritual beings uh, and there's uh, how many nearly 8 billion of us walking around on this planet um, or, or wheeling around mm -hmm. on this planet uh, but you know, there's roughly so many souls running around, spiritual beings having a human experience. Now we're all connected. Or I believe we're all connected to this universe, this power. Uh, we're connected to the trees. I kind of like Avatar. You know, you know how the the natives are connected to the trees and mm -hmm. and the plants and the animals so that they are spiritually connected i believe that we're actually the same right and and for me kindness and unity that is that 
that power that's connecting us does not recognize anything but love. Nothing but love. So if there's anything that separates you and I, that's not kindness. That is not love. You and I are brothers, my friend. Mm -hmm. and, it, and the same with every other brother and sister out there. Some of them might be doing some rather unkind things in the world, right? But this is about creating an opportunity, learning to create. And so, sorry, I'll say again, the kindness and unity movement that I'm trying to create, or I, is, I am creating, is a movement of creating more kindness and unity in the world where I'm speaking to you as my brother and we are creating a difference in the world um, with that message. And that means, you know, doing little acts of kindness, uh, even though someone's wronged you or hurt you, that you can still see them as your brother and sister and help uh, change the world um, into the way it's meant to be. I, I love what you said about um, everybody, you know, we are one, we're the same, and it's uh, all love that, you know, things that, that bring us together and, and it's, you know, we're all, we're all one. I, I love that. That's really, really so true. I'm enjoying this conversation so much. It's uh, helping, helping me see a lot of uh, different things, kind of just like <laughs> taking that all in. Because <laughs> it, it's so simple, I think. It's so simple, but it's just, um, you know, to never, never think of it that way, but it, it makes sense um, when you explained it uh, in such a, a very simple way. So I'm all in support of this movement of uh, kindness and, and unity for sure. Cause I think even though we are, you know, we're on opposite ends of, <laughs> of the planet here with um, me, I'm in New Jersey or in New Zealand and it's like, we, um, as you said, when we started, you're in the future. So it's already, <laughs> it's already Wednesday there. It's still Tuesday here. So it's, um, you know, I, I think that's uh, really cool because we are still connected. We are, we are one. So it's uh, I'm really glad that you uh, shared that. Well, uh, so the kindness and unity, I've got a Facebook page at the moment that's private and all my videos that I've been putting out are, speaking that message um so if anyone's interested and wanting to you know create more of kindness and unity in their own lives and i love what you said before because it does start with ourselves you know we have this voice in our head that's often so bloody nasty that is putting ourselves down um, so we do have to start with ourselves before we can actually create more in the world um, so if you you are interested or if anyone is interested in joining that movement um, please uh, have, i can give you the link to put in the show notes anyway yes 
they can join the group and and um, go from there yeah definitely and um before we uh wrap up this uh conversation i have just one more uh, question forward slash topic to uh talk about and this is about the uh, swim for lives the nonprofit that you uh, co-founded can you share uh, what that is and um, what you all do yeah well it started um, just by accident I was doing the self-development um, growth stuff in the early days and um, I have two younger children so like I said I had the twins when I had my accident um, I've got a one's 12 now and the other one's 15. Uh, but when they were in their primary school age, uh, which was round about that uh, 10, 11 and five sort of age groups, uh, they had a swimming sport in the local pool, which had a deep end that was over a lot of the kids' uh, heads. And I couldn't get over how many... 10, 11, and 12-year-olds were terrified of the deep water. Uh, and if you know anything about New Zealand, we're really just two big islands, and we have a lot of water. We have a lot of lakes, rivers, and, and so you're never very far away from water. And um, we have a lot of drownings when I started to look at the statistics. And so that's how it started. Um, I then went to a few local uh, people that I thought would be interested, like the old school teacher and um, people that were involved in swimming and, and the manager of the complex that had the pool. And we created a committee and um, that's how the CHB Swim for Lives um, started. Um, we aim to help um, all primary schools uh, to give kids confidence in deep water um, to stop uh, drownings here in New Zealand. Um, so it's about water safety uh, in deep water and um, educate them. Uh, and we raised money primarily mostly sorry that word wasn't going to come out properly <laughs> but mostly uh through doing a um swimathon every year uh obviously we're in restrictions uh with um what's going on at the moment so we won't be having one this year uh but that would have been the seventh year in a row uh i think um so it's been going seven years and we've raised over about, I think it's about 35,000. Uh, and that's gone all into the local school age children to uh, give them uh, um, different um, education around um, keeping them safe uh, if they find themselves in trouble in deep water. Yeah, I think that is so important um i i love swimming it's one of my favorite things uh to do so when i saw that you uh that you were a part of that and uh creating uh, awareness and educating about uh water safety i thought that was really um 
I thought it was really important to uh, to mention and to bring that up. So thank you uh, for that. And I thank you for taking your time um, to share your story and all of the great things that you're doing. And um, it, it was great uh, to meet you virtually and to talk with you. And um, I definitely look forward to staying in touch and, and connecting again uh, in the future sometime. I had a big pleasure, Arthur, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I hope I didn't make you laugh too much with those sore ribs. Um, but yeah, I'm okay. it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of fun, and thank you for having me. Oh, yes, you're welcome, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. I know it's the morning there, so you have the rest of your day to, uh, to enjoy. <laughs> Sweet, good night. This concludes this episode of the Our View podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on all social media platforms at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four, L-I-F-E. If you have a topic or a person, or if you are a person who would like to be interviewed for an upcoming episode of the podcast, send us a DM on Instagram, send us a message on Facebook, or you can email me at ourviewforlife at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.